Hi, this is Yuval Brisker, and you're listening to A Jolt of Uvelocity with my trusty producer, Jay Sailing. Hey, Jay. Hey, Yuval, we're back. We're back again after our foray into the, the world of artificial intelligence and what we're now calling Cheat GPT. In our, well, some in are our calling it Cheat GPT. Well, well, we've had, I've had, you know, a few interactions with the cheat and, uh, and, and in fact, I was presented by our head of people with a, with a resume and, uh, you know, <laughs> answers to the five questions under the name, Chad, uh, Gregory, Peter Thomas. And I didn't figure out that that was Chad Gregory Peter Thomas was actually Chad GPT, i.e. Chat GPT, i.e. Cheat GPT. Um, and, and I was presented with a resume and answers to our you know, standard <laughs> essay questions. And I almost fell for it until I saw that the thing was, you know, something about it wasn't reading right. I began to be very suspicious that it was, you know, a spy or something. That and is it turned too out funny. it was Chad GPT, you know, and, and then, you know, that was a, and, and I said to the head of HR, head of HR, you know, head of people, I said, you know, me, you know, I mean, this doesn't look real, you know, it's too good, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, maybe it's a spy, maybe it's a this, and he said, hey, maybe it's Chad GPT, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Chad, you think they use Chad GPT to write this? And he said, no, no, it is Chad GPT. <laughs> <laughs> Chad GPT, Gregory, you know, Peter Thomas. Probably one of the anyway, best. So, yeah. yeah, probably yeah. one of the best ways. Shout out to Matt Nelson, who is Alvier's right. chief of head of people. Yeah. So, um, Chad GPT. And now, so that's, you know, now we're back from those, that, that journey. And now, you know, we're in it all the time. We're in the yeah. matrix. Yeah. Well, today, today will be refreshing then. Um, the topic of today's, of today's episode is around going global first and really what it means to have a global business vision from the beginning, not necessarily global starting in global, global from conception. You mean? Exactly. Exactly. I see. And I'm how, and phase. exactly, exactly. And um, you know, I find this really interesting because you, you are a citizen of the world, right? A very nomadic person, a gypsy, if you will. And, um, nomad. yeah, we'll keep it at a nomad. No, I call myself a yes mad. That's yep. not a nomad. Um, okay. So with, with that mindset, how has that impacted your approach to starting a new business? with this global mindset from conception? I think, look, every business is specific to the people who started it, right? And, and then the people who join and work, work and create something of it, uh, make, it, some, make, it make it have its own life in a way. Um, and, and, but but the, the core of the business is the, is the founders and the people who created the business in the first place. And so the business is going to take after their, you know, at least some of their character until it becomes much more, you know, rich with other people. But some of the basic, you know, DNA is going to be from the, the founders. 
and why I believe so much in culture. Um, but in my case, in Pedro's case, in this particular, you know, venture that we ha we have with Alpierre, we're both people who've lived in multiple, many places around the world. And, uh, and so our comfort level with being in a foreign, quote unquote, foreign environment, you know, where people might not even speak the language that we, that we understand, um, it doesn't, not only does it not scare us, it gets us all excited. <laughs> the con, the, I, the, 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 the potential to conquer a new, you know, understanding of a new place, new people, new culture is something that is very, um, you know, motivating for both of us, actually. And we like the world to the, to, we look, I think, and I mean, I know I'm speaking for him, but I think with something that I share with him. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons we're partners and, you know, and that is, you know, we really like being out in the world and, and experiencing, you know, the, you know, the bigness of it and, and also the smallness of it, you know, and, and how you can, you know, help bridge, you know, cultures and countries and languages and, and then, and, and feel very comfortable doing it, you know, not feeling under stress or, you know, anxious or you know, awkward or, or, or threatened in any way. So I think that's the source of this idea that I can, that I'd like businesses that, you know, can exist anywhere and everywhere. Uh, so I can plant my flag in multiple places around the world and hop around between the different places and never have to be in one place. Because I figure uh, when you're alive, just keep moving like a shark. That's a, that's a great alive. way to think about it. So, so let's stick on culture for a second, because now that, now that you guys have had, you know, call it decades of experience with doing business in other countries, um, during those earlier days, you were going in without as much experience. And uh, what, what were, you know, I'm, we don't necessarily have to talk about specific stories, but how, how have you kind of adapted on the fly when going to different countries to, to do business and having to adapt to those cultures? Well, I'd say two things would be guiding principles for me and have, I think, worked for me pretty well over the years. The one is, is, uh, is um, listen, listen to the culture and don't come in all guns a blazing, you know, um, but really, um, you know, don't assume that you know how things operate and how, you know, you know, people interact or whatever. Um, and, and, and what their expectations are, you need to just take their cues. It's very important, I think. In, and, and you have to do it out of both respect and curiosity and, uh, and, and ambition. I don't think that those, I think those three things uh, come together. And the second thing I would say is that, you know, is, is that, um, you have to be yourself. Um, I mean, not in an obnoxious way, but, you know, you're not going to sit there all, you know, quiet, prim and proper and, and not be yourself. I think you need to express yourself, not too aggressively, um, and be yourself unless you know, you know, unless you know of any cultural limitation that might, you know, impede you from being yourself or for you to act in a certain way, like, you know, when you're in Japan, it's really a different kind of, you know, experience from, 
you know, how people interact on a, on a, in a normal day-to-day -day setting, uh, the level of, you know, sort of formality and, you know, mutual respect on a, on a, on a sort of performative level uh, is very different than any other place I've ever worked at or been at, you know, and so you don't, you never know really, you know, whether you're doing the right thing or not. Um, Social cues. But, yeah, I mean, it's very difficult. There, it's actually incredible to be difficult to have social cues because even mm. people think you're doing, even if people think you're doing the wrong thing, they're still going to smile. And, you know, they might even tell you you're doing the wrong thing while they're smiling. Um, but but it, it's going to be very hard to read them unless they tell you. Uh, and even then, and most likely they won't tell you. So that, Japan is a different story and animal altogether, as you know. That's why I love it. <laughs> um, it's another one of the uniqueness of the unique places in the world. One of the uniqueness of things, right? Um, another episode, a future episode, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what I would say. I think that's my experience. And, and, and if you stick to those two principles, I think, and, and, and make an effort to understand and to learn, and to know what the sort of the driving dynamics, motivations in the culture are, things that are culturally specific, uh, then, you know, first thing, it's very educational. And secondly, it's very fulfilling. So in terms of kind of going beyond culture, when you, when you, when you think about having a global mindset from conception, what are some of the other elements that you have to make sure are fundamentally in line to, in order to execute with success at a global scale from the from inception yeah i mean i think having global partners people you know colleagues uh you know hiring people in other countries or of other nationalities in your country um really enriches your understanding of what you need to do. And also you can delegate the, 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 the day-to-day -day interaction to those, to those colleagues or partners or, you know, employees of yours. And, uh, and I think that that's, uh, that's a very important, you know, me basically having people from that culture working with you and for you um, uh, is a key. It's key. It's it's expanding the, the the kind of human resource base that you, you know, you would be hiring naturally or n normally if you weren't global. Probably be hiring more local unless you were outsourcing. Um, and for us, it's really for me. It's always been from day one. I've been out in the business world, and especially when I started my first software company, it's been you know all about the 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 having multiple working in multiple you know locations at the same time uh and and part of it was really just not not just you know kind of a desire to be to be wandering the world but really it was a calculated strategy for how to maintain business stability and viability over time you know what i'm saying i do and i, I do and i mean there's a lot of pros and cons to it all too right there's there's time zone differences there's beyond culture there's 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 a ton of differences that i think require not only experience but willingness to to um 
willingness to be calm throughout the entire process and to understand that this it's a long-term vision and not, not to have a short-term mindset. I mean, I've always really, it's always really fascinated me to have a cross-cultural, cross-border, you know, community that has one shared, you know, goal. Uh, and especially when it's not a huge community. Um, and, and it's something that, you know, I think I've already done pretty successfully and I want to continue to cultivate that, that muscle and to, uh, and also to, I think it, it really is, it, it, it creates a lot of richness for all the people in it. Uh, you know, it's not about, it's at the end of the day, it's not about me. You know, I'm just a conduit to something in that respect. I, 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 I have, you know, ideas and I want to, but I think they're coming out of a good place and, you know, and so I want to be a conduit to that goodness <laughs> if I can. Yeah. You know, I can, I can speak from experience that it's, it's, it's a, it's a really cool opportunity to be able to, to, to work with people every day um, in other parts of the world that it gives you a really good uh, down to earth perception on everything and definitely takes you out of your little bubble, wherever that is. A hundred percent and, 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 and takes them out of their bubble. And you exactly. know, it's one thing to come. I, and I so also don't believe in tourism <laughs> I hate to say <laughs> I'm not a believer in tourism. I mean, I've, I've done my share, but mine is more of a, I, I'm more interested in understanding. I, 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 if you gave me the option whether to go to one place for three weeks or three places for one week, I would take option number one, no problem. I would always prefer being three weeks in one place rather than being with one week in three places. Um, and, and, and for that, and that's really about sort of at least making a, an attempt to, you know, understand or learn or, you know, whatever. Sink I mean, in. So, yeah. I mean, somewhat, you know, marinate a little bit in, in mm -hmm. something different than you. So I, I, I think that that, that, that's something that is something that's valuable to all the people. I, I think that, that, that work with us, right? Because I think. You know, you come, you know, the people who were in Portugal, our Portuguese colleagues come to Denver, they've never spent time in Denver and or, you know, especially not, and even if they have, not with like having a sort of anchor, like a social professional anchor that they can, they don't feel it, you know, like they're tourists. They feel like, oh, I'm part of this community here through, you know, Alvier in Denver. And yeah, that's a great the, point. The, the other... You know, same the other way around, right? You go to Lisbon, you don't feel like, oh, I'm a, you know, a tourist here. No, you're not you're kind of, a, you're a visitor. You're not a tourist. And that's a big difference. You're coming in, you have a base, you have a place, you have people that you know, you know, they're local people, they know the, the city, they take you to eat, they hang, you hang, you hang out with them, you break bread, have some wine, you know, and, and you never been to Lisbon before until you've been there like that, you know, yeah, the, so it's a local insight. Yeah. So it's basically, you know, that, that quality is, is, is super. And that's part of my, 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 my motivation. Um, and then, and then, like I said, it's, for me, it's all about the strategy of sort of balancing out the company, not depending on one, you know, economy or one market or one state of mind to be successful. 
maybe you start somewhere else and that's where it catches first and you learn there and you can adapt it to another place. But, you know, bet all your eggs on one market. It's not in one culture, one country. For me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. That's why, you know, Mezu was so problematic in many ways because we could only start in one place. And I was not really that comfortable, you know, starting in one place. I always felt like, oh, it could be better over there or, you know, <laughs> or it might, you know, and I don't know. But what I know is, is that I could only start it in one place because of the regulatory, you know, difficulties and logistical and, and cash and, you know, having capital difficulties to do it in multiple places at once. This, on the other hand, is a completely different animal. So we spoke on the cultural challenges around doing business yeah. globally. But what are some of the other challenges that you've experienced? that have made an impact on the way that you now approach doing business globally, especially in early, in earlier stages? I mean, I, I think it's all about trust, right? And how do you build a network of trust in multiple locations around the world uh, and overcome those sort of barriers of, uh, of, of culture as well, um, and distance. So finding people who you trust and entrusting them with your business is a big undertaking. And, uh, and it's, it's never perfect. And, uh, and there's always some people who succeed and others who are a failure and disappointment. And, you know, because you're really entrusting them with that branch of your business, wherever it is, the impact is much greater when they do succeed or when they fail. Um, so that's, you know, finding people always is the hardest thing and it becomes even more hard when you're, you know, when you're basically, you know, hiring people who are going to be not just remote, but, you know, across an ocean or across a border and, um, and, and not never going to be, you know, sitting near you. And sometimes they'll be sitting in a time zone that's completely, you know, like inverse to yours because I've had customers in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and, uh, you know, you're not even awake when business happens and maybe things need to be decided and so on and so forth. So you really need to find people you trust. So that I would say is, you know, the biggest hurdle and, and, uh, and once that's, you know, um, overcome, if it's overcome, then you have it a lot easier uh, and to, to address a lot of the other challenges, which are, you know, like we said, cultural and administrative and, and sometimes regulatory and, and, uh, and, and just those things that are normal, you know, things that happen when you're, you know, when you're even operating in place right so yeah i think that the other thing is you know i mean even if, even for a yes mad like me uh sometimes you know it can be quite exhausting to be constantly on the road um and uh and and so there's there's that component as well which is you know hey you know i don't want to go <laughs> i don't want to go i don't want to go but i have to go you know, and you sometimes have to go across the sea or, you know, you know, 
fly 10 hours somewhere and and then go right to hit the ground and start running. So that's a, that can be a challenge sometimes, though I personally love travel and I especially like a lot of business travel because, like I said, it gives you more of a leg up in the community where you're going than if you're a tourist. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also repetition, right? I go to the same places over and over again. So there's deepening of understanding and familiarity. Um, and, uh, and, and so that, those to me are the, you know, the, the, the two kind of big ones. I mean, of course you, you, you face sometimes daunting things when you, especially when you go to completely foreign cultures that are not close to yours at all, uh, economically or, 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 you know, historically or, or culturally or link or by language. I mean, then you can discover really weird stuff in terms of that's just the machinations of working day to day. And, uh, and that becomes a challenge too, you know, um, the rest is really kind of classic business challenges. I would say the biggest one, which is, you know, building expectations and then meeting expectations, um, or exceeding expectations. And I think those are always, you know, magnified when you're talking about something that's somewhere else. Makes it more interesting, though. Very much so. So now that we're over, the, we're over with the cons, let's talk about some pros. So you talked about the ability to kind of like diversify your opportunity, which I thought was a really good point. But are there any other things that you can point to as, uh, as just a general pro of having this mindset from day one? I mean, to me personally, the biggest pro is 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 uh, is really the exposure to the world, and 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 really having the opportunity to work with people from other places, and 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 you know, I think when you're working with them, there's a level of intimacy, and that you wouldn't be, you know, of course, you know, it's not a love affair, but, well, it could be a love affair with the place. Uh, but 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 there is a level of intimacy of understanding, you know, like in the in the day into the day to day, and and a, and a dependency of sorts, and so it's, it's definitely more complex and more you know enlightening than just coming to a place and doing the, the usual sites. Uh, so that's a big one for me personally. I wouldn't say from a business point of view. I think the biggest thing is, like I said, it's about reducing your risk by not being exposed to only one economy and only one culture and only one country and only one whatever, but really kind of having, you know, my, my, my view of it was always like, okay, when, you know, the U S is up, sometimes Europe is down and Europe is up and U S is, you know, maybe down and maybe all those are, are, are balanced by Latin America, you know, kind of the three places I really like to work. Um, Australia and New Zealand are interesting places. I really like going there and, uh, and they seem in strange various ways to be extension of mostly the United States, but a little bit of the UK. And, uh, and, and uh, so there's a lot of familiarity there, even though there's, you know, distinct differences too. But uh, so that doesn't, it's an Anglo culture and that's really not that foreign though. <laughs> You know, that's an illusion too, 
because you, I think one of the hardest things that I've had to do is really adjust to working in the UK where you would think, oh, well, that's easy because everyone's, but no, the business culture is different, you know, and, and generally culture is different, right? You know, it's like the, 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 the language is, you know, is, is, uh, is, is really what's similar, you know, you know, they say what, you know, that the U S and the UK are two pe- are, are one people divided by a language. Uh, that's a joke, right? That, that mm-hmm. because English is supposedly the English and the English is so mm-hmm. similar, but it's also somewhat different. And, and, and then of course, you know, you, you, there's an illusion that because the language is a shared language that you kind of know how to operate in the UK or vice versa. You know, the UK companies know how to operate here. No, you, you, it's a different culture. And that illusion makes it harder because you think that it's easier, but then it turns out to be as hard. So it's really a lot harder. And, uh, um, but, but those are really the main things. And they're the same things that really make me really excited too, because it's just like, wow. First thing, there's an opportunity to balance things like I just described. And I think that, you and so far my impression and my experience has been that this has actually worked for me uh and so that's another motivator to because i'm always you know i'm a child quote unquote of the dot-com crash from a sort of professional point of view and to me that's always in the back of my mind you know it can crash and burn the whole thing and you're like in a nuclear you know winter of technology for three or four years and but but it but in fact it wasn't exactly, you know, equal, like when the dot-com crash happened here, you know, the, the, it didn't really happen as much in Europe. And then when the financial crisis happened here, it hadn't actually hit Europe yet. And then when it was, when we were recovering, boom, that market went down. So, you know, there is that kind of balance that happens out of those sort of maybe global events or local events that, uh, that influence the ups and the downs of the economy. And so I'm my, part of my hope is as a child of the dot com, you know, uh, crash uh, and uh, exile, as I call it, um, I want to try and avoid it that that kind of experience again because I was out of work for like two years. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just want to add that I think it's very cool from my point of view when you have a global footprint to to see the different area, like to, so to see people from other countries, take a, like, look, look at your core technology and apply it to, to a use case that may be more localized in their area of the world that we may not see, for example, in the U S and I've always found that really interesting and, and, and actually quite exciting when people come to us with an idea that may be a little more localized to what, to, to their part of the world. But it's a core application of our technology, and and it's a great opportunity for us to think in it and think of you know innovation through that lens as well. Well, I I mean that takes me to sort of another place, which is you know we're in a world we're in the world of technology, and technology by its very you know essence is universal, mm. uh, and so it, it doesn't you know it's borderless in many ways and there is a community of technology people around the world technologists technology you know meaning 
you know, visionaries, people who think about technology and technological ideas, then, you know, executors, there's engineers and, you know, programmers, and, and they, and they, and they speak the same language, actually, they speak a language of C++ or, you know, or Python or whatever it is, they have a, they have a shared language. That's um, a great point. And, and then, and then, you know, and then the rest of the people who work in the technology industry, they also have a shared language. You know, whether it's in the marketing department or in sales, whether it's consumer or enterprise, those kind of, you know, basic, you know, when you're in the technology industry, those kinds of roles and things are shared. That's why it makes it easier. That's another pro of, 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 of being in technology and working abroad or conceiving of working abroad, but having the, the, the technology sort of, you know, the leveraged, you know, the leveraging of technology to do that. So. I, I find that, you know, another fascinating part of, you know, what I do and what I've chosen to do in life, which is being technology, is is that it's a universal community. And you can go and you can have, and it does, and, and like I said, in all the different, you know, disciplines, like a, an enterprise salesperson, we have, you know, one in Spain and one in Ireland, and, you know, and one in the UK. And they share the sim similar approaches and, and similar, you know, experience selling to enterprises, large enterprises, or, you know, tier one, even of the mm -hmm. top of their top. A lot of the same traits, a lot of the same methodologies, and it's, again, it's a language. So it, it, that that's that's another component of, you know, what makes it so exciting to be, you know, global from conception. So I've been I've been waiting all episode to ask you the following two questions, which I think will be a great way for us to to put a period on this episode. But um, I want to ask you where in in your experience, where is the easiest place you've found doing business, and where's the hardest place you've found doing business? And those could be loaded questions, but we're not going to qualify anything. And I'm interested to just hear no, what I mean, answers. I, I, first thing, I love every place I go in the world mostly. And so I don't have any, I mean, I, there's a few countries that are my preference countries, but, you know, uh, we won't mention them here or we can and in a different episode. Uh, and, and I think they share something and there's an interesting, you know, I'm not, and I'm talking outside my birth country and my, you know, adopted, you know, homeland. Sure. Um, which are Israel and the United States. And so outside those two, um, I would say, you know, it's all pretty surprising, right? I think that, uh, that, 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 that outside the United States and Israel, which are, have a lot of similarities in, in the way that they conduct business, uh, the easiest place that I found to do business and where I did the most business in terms of, uh, you know, uh, selling software to many companies, not just one or two, was Spain. Spain was the most open, you know, thoughtfully innovative, you know, and, and fast moving of all the sort of foreign countries, quote unquote, that I've actually worked in. Uh, I'd say number two, almost equal would be Brazil. Um, and I, and I, sh I think they share some common traits that make them so. Uh, they're, you know, one is a 
relatively young country, but with, you know, deep roots in Europe and in Africa and in the continent in South America, which with a very diverse culture inside and, uh, and having been under dictatorship in some kind of economic, you know, isolation in some way, then emerging from that dictatorship and then, you know, kind of finding, you know, the wealth of the country and the, and the freedom that it could provide for economic freedom, it could provide for a lot of people, I think has really freed up the mind of people to be not sort of attached to old ways uh, and be willing to to adopt, to, to acquire and adopt new technology and new ideas. So that's, you know, and, and there's a vibrancy of youth in Brazil. Um in Spain, it's there's a similarity in that it's it's not it's a very old country, uh, but but it's went through a terrible period in the in the in the twentieth century, and where they were basically under dictatorship and and in a really a conservative religious Catholic dictatorship that didn't allow for any deviations from the norm that kind of norm, um, but then you know that dictatorship ended by the, with the death of Franco and suddenly the, the, there was just this like explode. It took a few years to kind of gather, but then boom, in the eighties, it was just and on to on. It was an explosion of sort of expression and, 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 and thought and, and, and just, you know, again, this kind of youngness, uh, this kind of uh, youth that, that was really like a country sort of re, 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 uh, reincarnating, reemerging from a long, you know, difficult period into democracy and, and not into monarchy or dictatorship. And so those two countries share a lot in that sort of burst of energy that happens after a dictatorship or, you know, or, or repression. And, uh, and, and thus they are the two easiest places I can remember to do business. Um, the hardest places to do what businesses, I would say, you know, ultimately it's, I haven't done a lot of business in Japan, but I would imagine it's quite difficult. Um, and I had a lot of, you know, difficulty, difficulties doing business in Northern Europe. Uh, starting with Holland and through Germany, even though I did business in Germany. Uh, so I would say Holland was probably, Holland was the hardest. The place I tried the most out of the Nordics, the Northern Europe's wasn't the Nordics. Interestingly enough, the place that I thought was the most sort of open and liberal was also difficult to do business in. That was Denmark. Mm. And uh, and the place that I actually thought was the most rigorous and 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 closed and and and, and cold because of where it is, i.e. Sweden, I thought it was going to be hard to do business. And we did you know a good chunk of business in in, in Sweden, which is a actually a much more open, diverse, and uh, and progressive society on the sort of you know thinking about innovation. You can see a lot of technology coming out of Sweden as well. So. Those are the places, you know, and, and, you know, I didn't succeed doing a lot of business in Italy, but I didn't really try that hard. And France, I love France. So for me, I can't say a bad word about France. And, uh, and, and I did do business in France. So some of it was great and some of it was kind of torture, but, um, but I just love Paris. So, and I love France. I love the French. So and I love the French language. So that's a whole other episode. 
All right. Well, I got the answers to the most burning questions I had. Uh, any other last thoughts that 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 you want to leave the audience? I think it's I think it's a, this is a cool topic and it's it's very reflective of not only you as a person, but I, I mean for the people who follow Alvier, it's very reflective of our of our approach to to growth and and the way that we the way that we see the world. Right? We see it very global. Yeah, and I think you know we are living in time a lot of globalness. Like I think we think we have to think globally. We do. Uh, I say, you know, act locally, think globally, or think globally, act locally, and I think that's true. But I, mm. I also think, think globally, act globally, uh, not just locally. And um, that's another T-shirt, by the way. Um, <laughs> after SCSA, <clears throat> um, act, think globally, act globally. And then, you know, so that, but, but, but my final word is, you know, if it's interesting for you and if you're drawn to it, do it, take the risk, jump, jump into it. There's no other way. And you'll just swim. I'm sure. Um, I don't know about the business itself, but you will swim, <laughs> you know, M meaning, meaning, you know, I, whether the, the viable, the business is a viable idea or a viable business everywhere is, you know, it's a question mark, but, but those that have the potential to be, you should try it. You should, you should expand. Don't wait. Those are some great last words. Thank you. Yeah. Well, well, um, that's it for this one. Uh, thank you for your time. Yuval. Thanks for having me as always. Uh, yeah. and Thank we will you. be back you. again. Yeah, of course, we'll be back again very soon. Uh, and next episode is cool. We're going to be talking about, uh, something to do with liquid courage. Right. Until next time. Thank you. Bye.